Welcome to Blue Ribbon Laundry, an oppressive place to work. Run by a tyrannical owner, Blue Ribbon is also home to an outdated industrial sheet folder that keeps causing horrific accidents and deaths. The reason? Through sheer happenstance, the laundry machine has become possessed by a demonic presence that is actively devouring the workers of Blue Ribbon Laundry. And it's up to a burned-out cop and his occult-savvy brother-in-law to stop it in the reviled but entertaining monster movie from the mind of Stephen King, 1995's The Mangler. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Austin Johnson. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Got an oddball for you today. We're back in the mind of Stephen King to talk The Mangler, based on his short story about a possessed laundry machine. This film was completely panned upon release, bombed at the box office, and has also not been rediscovered by fans. By all accounts, it is a shit movie. <laughs> but I kind of liked it, but I don't think you feel the same way. No, not necessarily. I uh, I didn't think it was like a, you know, pile of shit or anything. <laughs> But uh, it's it's yeah it's not not totally for me. I uh, will say that there are some great gore here, some good makeup, and the characters though are something I just couldn't really get over. I didn't think any of the actors were were quite in their yeah. you know, in their niche. I guess fair enough. Uh, what, what was your favorite part of this movie? Um, I think it was the scene where Ted Levine beats the shit out of the icebox yeah, and yeah, unleashes yeah. a ghost. And he's like, the fuck was that? Like his reactions to things are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I think he overplayed his character a bit. I think that he went way too hard to be like grizzled, burned out cop so much so that he's like constantly shaking the whole time. Weirdly. Uh, <laughs> uh. But I love Ted Levine and it's hard not to get past that. <laughs> yeah, I yeah you you have more of an affinity for him. I obviously Silence of the Lambs is very important to us here yes. at Filmgasm and important to horror fans and film fans all around the world. And he's a big part of that, right? He's a big part of the, the scare and the creepiness and the unsettling aspect of Silence of the Lambs. Big Ted, Ted Levine and he has plenty of roles to point to. Yeah, I, I, he definitely is part of the reason. Like you said, he's if you don't buy into his kind of like weird. Like you said, the shaky and the voice is so odd. If you don't totally buy into it, then, you know, you're going to be in for a, a long hour and a half of, you know, some weird shit. Well, and I, I've read the story, and the story is about 60% of the movie. They added a lot, because it's only 20 pages long. I, I figured, yeah. So they had to add a lot to cover the over. And it's uh, it's weird what they added. Like, in the in the story, there's no, like, eternal cult of rich people who's sacrificing their 16 year old daughters that's not in the book yeah yeah in the story a bunch of weird shit falls in this machine and it awakens this demon because it was like witch's ingredients that fell in by accident mm-hmm. it's actually really cool how they do it in the story in the movie it's it, there's a lot of questions raised that nobody bothers to answer yeah <laughs> and yeah. i can see how that would disappoint people and yeah on some degree this is a very disappointing film it's not at all like one of the best I wouldn't say it's one of the worst, though. There's an entertaining aspect to this because I think, you know, you got Toby Hooper directing it. You've got yes. people like Robert England, you know, who really just thrive in a horror atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And if you, you just got to accept that this is a wacky movie about haunted laundry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you if you know anything about it or read anything on, on IMDb or any kind of plot synopsis at all, it's very clear that they're not going for a super serious, uh, <laughs> you know... Um, psychological horror movie or something it's it's yes yeah, it's, it's popcorn it's entertainment it's yeah. supposed to be well look at that shit you know and, <laughs> and, and it does deliver in that aspect it does deliver at times uh I, yeah i i found the characters to be dry and again that's not totally the point of the movie but no i get it i definitely yeah. have to i definitely have to dock it for the feelings i had as it was moving along there were times where i felt like i was taken out and yeah for that reason yeah i just don't i, I didn't love it but i do think people should watch this one because it gets panned like pretty like pretty bad like across the board. If you go on IMDb, it has like a meta score meta score of like eleven, <laughs> and so meaning of all the reviews, you know, of an average out of you know zero through one hundred, it has an eleven. And you know, I read some of those reviews that gave it zeros, and it's just like, man, you just don't like life, do you? You know, 
you know, and I, I don't think you have to take it that seriously. I think you need to know what you're going into. But I do agree with you. This is not the worst Stephen King adaptation, right? No. <laughs> There's so damn many of them. It's it's somewhere in the middle. I don't think we found the worst one yet. I have a, no. I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be the lawnmower man. But um, <laughs> we haven't. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, this movie is not, as Ted Levine would put it, a piece of dog fuck. So, thank God. Man. You really <laughs> called it that? No, in the movie. He says that like three oh, times. I thought he called it that after. No, that would like, be awesome. The, I thought he called the movie that. That would be awesome, but no. Awesome. <laughs> how, how, how ironic and funny. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never heard that expression before, though. Dog yeah. fuck. Yeah, that's why you caught me by yeah. surprise. Stuck in my head. Um, <laughs> first, we've got two updates for you on the Rewind. Uh, one for episode 83, Scream, and okay. one for episode 58, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. All right. First up, Courtney Cox has confirmed she will be returning to the role of Gail Weathers in the upcoming Scream 5. She, do- she joins her ex-husband, David Arquette, who is returning to play Dewey Riley. This isn't really a surprise. I mean, none of these people have anything else going on. Of course, they're going to be in Scream 5. But it's still cool to hear the news. <laughs> yeah, to, for it to be official, to be, be in paper, yeah. I'm down. I like all the Scream movies for various reasons. I think this will be good, too. I mean, it's not Wes, not Wes Craven, regrettably, but the two guys who did do it did a great job with Ready or Not, so yes. I'm willing to give them a chance. Exactly. Yeah, they proved themselves already. For sure. Second, and I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about this, Netflix released some first-look images for an upcoming Cuckoo's Nest prequel series called Ratched, which stars Sarah Paulson as a young nurse Ratched before she became the sadistic matron who terrorized R.P. McMurphy. Premieres on Netflix September 18th, and I have one question. Who is this for? (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Not me, Connor. Because if you're a fan of Cuckoo's Nest, this is the last thing you've thought about. You don't need to know her origin story. We don't need to know how she became an evil nurse. She probably just did that job for 40 years. (laughs) There's no story there. Yeah. Uh, Man, TV, right? (laughs) You... TV never stops. You just and doing this is ah something that the reason I won't watch it is again like you said who's this for really what are we doing that like why not have Sarah Paulson being a completely new character she do something completely different she's a good actress I I don't I don't like when you mess with a, a movie and a book shout out to Ken Kesey one of the greatest <laughs> fictional writers of all time I I don't like when. You mess with that character. I don't want to know what she was like before. Yeah. That leave that two-hour movie alone. It ruins the mystique of the villain. I got two words for you. Darth Vader. <laughs> we got three movies learning about how Darth Vader was a whiny slave pod racer child who turned into a whiny Jedi who turned into a whiny Sith. Now he's kind of, you know, he's lost a lot of that fear factor now. A hundred percent. And Nurse Ratchet is going to go the same way because we're going to get to see, you know, heroic moments and like, you know, oh, I, you know, I lost something you know, I lost somebody I love and now I'm bitter and I'm going to terrorize Jack Nicholson. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be moments where, you know, like, uh, you know, Sarah Paulson does some Emmy nomination kind kind of stuff. Sure. That's fine. I'm sure there's people who are going to love the show and catch it on Netflix because they're scrolling through and, oh, what's this new, you know, oh, based on, you know, one flu and computer I, I just, you know, you know, we're both big fans, and I'm, I'm a massive fan of both book and movie, and I don't like when you mess with kind of the lore of something like that. Mm-hmm. This great piece of fiction work by Ken Kesey, I, I don't like. I, don't I like think it's either. arrogant to think that you can revisit a classic like that and add anything to it. Yeah, because who are you to add to this thing that is yeah. built upon the idea of less is more? Uh, Cuckoo's uh, Nest fans weren't asking for this. Nobody was asking for no, this. No, and... and Obviously, if we want to see something else, we want to see more RP. <laughs> we want to see more McMurphy. Are you kidding me? Like, why? I, I don't know. I, I don't understand um, these these kinds of decisions. Netflix, you know, you're, you're putting out shit all the time. So whatever, I guess. It's just another one. Yeah. Just like that Exorcist TV show they did and the Omens series. Yeah. I They keep making they shitty the TV shows out of great movies. And it never works. It, 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 yeah, it's just like, man, you guys do this nonstop. Taken. Rush hour. Yeah. <laughs> it just never stops. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, boy. So, The Mangler. Uh, prior to doing the show, did you know anything about this movie or the story or anything? Nothing. Nothing. In fact, I assumed it was an 80s movie. 
<laughs> because of the name, because Toby Hooper. But, oh, it's 1995, the year we were born. Yeah. Came out a couple months after we were born, actually. We were both born in January. So uh, that right away was like, oh, shit, okay, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't know where I'm at. <clears throat> and, you know, we've talked about Toby Hooper here before a bit uh, in the past. And uh, obviously is a vibe, right? It's an atmosphere thing. Yeah. And he, you either, like, dig it or you don't. I do. I do dig it. But the I, I have more have a problem with the, the, the writing here is what what kind of just funny because Toby also wrote the movie. Yes, he did. Yeah, right here. I, I think it's three different guys that wrote it. Stephen David Brooks and Peter Welbeck. Yes, Toby Hooper is the top one there uh, for the credits. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of guys in horror, right, are great at atmosphere. But sometimes when they want to take control of their own script, it can't work. That's why it's so special when it does. Yeah. When you do have, like, uh, speaking about new guys like Ari Aster and Eggers and Jordan Peele, when they can do both really well, it's very exciting. I feel like Toby Hooper has directed some hammers. Yes. But I don't think he has a style. Like, he kind of just films them. Just just goes for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really know, like, what I can say about him. You yeah, know? It's, not, it's, not a, it's not like a, that's, that's, that's a good, it's not like, oh, here's a Spike Lee film. Yeah. But where you're right away, it's distinct. I agree with that. I, But he, each, I guess each film individually is a vibe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't which, say... Which is a good sign of a director, right? Yeah, like, I wouldn't say that this feels anything like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Or that yeah. Texas Chainsaw feels anything like Poltergeist. Like, it's weird. They're all their own. Yeah. But you look at a guy like, like uh, Wes Craven, and his films all feel very much like a Wes Craven movie. For sure. For sure. I just... I don't really have a point here. Just something I noticed. <laughs> no, it's no. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I definitely feel the same way when you think about it. Toby doesn't have a style. He just. I, I don't know what words to use. I'm with you. I'm with you on it. Yeah. It's it, but it, it, each one is individually a vibe. I feel this way about. I wrote recently about Paul Schrader. Yeah. He kind of does this where he takes these different ideas and you're kind of like, is this Schrader? <laughs> but because you're like, it's weird. <laughs> And he's willing to go there, but they're they're all over the place. He does all these different kinds of stories and has these different ways of filming things and writing things. Yeah. So yeah, that's a great point, man. Toby Toby's definitely in that kind of tier yeah. of director writers. Well, I know you know most notable horror directors they have you know a style, they have a, a tone. You know, Sam Raimi, Wes Craven, Alfred Hitchcock, they feel like they are movies. Mm-hmm. This could have been directed by anybody. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. I feel that. But once you know it's Toby Hooper, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, when you finish The Mangler and you're like, oh, all right, yeah, I, yeah, that definitely was a Hooper movie once you know that. But if you didn't, <laughs> Jeez. could be anybody. That's great. So The Mangler is based on the short story of the same name by Stephen King that was first published in a December 1972 issue of Cavalier magazine. It was later included in King's 1978 short story collection, Night Shift, Arguably his greatest collection of short stories ever. His pre-carry stuff like was gold, this guy. These are the stories that paid the rent. And they were unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> well, at some point, if you're, you know, especially a, a writer that's so prolific, like Stephen King, that you're doing stuff, you're going to have a stretch there where, like, I love that you put it, that's the paid the rent. <laughs> you're going to have a stretch there where it really is genius stuff, yeah. nonstop. And he he definitely had his time, and I, you you point out his writing is still really good right now. Oh yeah, still he's he always finds ways to kind of adapt and make sure that he's still writing. Oh yeah, his work speaks for itself. The guy is prolific as hell, and the story yeah. and the work hasn't suffered. Yeah, I mean you could really he really defines like prolific. When I think of that word, he's the first guy that comes to mind. He's the first name that pops in my head when I think of horror. Like he's he's almost defines the genre at this point. That's I love. That's very interesting. Yeah. And these stories, Night Shift, like back in the day, King was, you know, he was a teacher. He was working on a laundromat. Yeah. He was working odd jobs and selling short stories to magazines so he could pay the rent. He disconnected the phone because he couldn't pay the phone bill anymore. And ultimately it was Carrie that made him, you know, household name, got him a, got him a job as a, as a novelist and he never looked back. Yeah. But I love looking at the stories before Carrie. Yes. Because Night Shift is some of his best work. Like personally, I love The Boogeyman. I mean, that's like a 10-page story but it's one of the most brilliant insights into horror i've ever read it's yeah. so cool incredible uh and yeah the idea for the mangler literally came from king's own time working in an industrial laundry <laughs> unbelievable yeah he was in he was working in a laundry he's like what if one of these things was possessed by a demon i better write that down 
Yeah. He, and he's the guy who actually does write it down where, you know, everybody's like, oh man, I could write a book about that. He's like, I think I could write 10. Yeah. My favorite story of how he came up with an idea. He was driving through Maine and uh, his car broke down and he was walking over this bridge to get to a gas station. And he thought for a moment, what if there was something under this bridge and it just grabbed me? I, I couldn't do anything about it. And he, when he got to the gas station, he took out his notepad, he wrote that down, and that little idea became it. <laughs> wow. Ah, Goddamn. Amazing. <laughs> so, unlike Poltergeist, The Mangler actually was directed by Toby Hooper, instead of having Steven Spielberg offer right behind his shoulder the entire time. He was on his, he was on his own this time. Training wheels were off. And uh, Toby Hooper... Known for directing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, among other films. He died in 2017 at 74 from natural causes, and uh, we have an ongoing joke about who really directed Poltergeist. Check out our Poltergeist episode for the origins of that. Steven. (laughs) Uh, Robert England stars as evil laundry owner and demon wrangler Bill Gartley. England is, of course, known for playing the iconic Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise from 1984 to 2003. And uh, it's going to be tough for anybody else to stand up to that. I mean, Jackie Earl Haley gave it a try in 2010. I thought he wasn't bad, but the movie sucked something awful. Yep. And uh, the name that's being tossed around right now, oddly enough, is Kevin Bacon, which could be interesting. England himself said that would be cool. Yeah, uh, Kevin Bacon was just in a You Should Have Left, the uh, horror <laughs> film of this year. And there is, there is uh, an aspect of that movie where he's in some, some pretty intense makeup. And I think he could look kind of cool i do i hope you know i i don't want to see you know the end of kruger i want to see freddie come back i want to see jason come back after michael getting an awesome return with 2018's halloween i want all these other guys to have their second chance too yeah and halloween halloween's so special because uh that movie's actually like really 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 good i know (laughs) Uh, the the first one in this one now yeah 78 and now and whereas i i think the other ones, Freddie and Jason, are more of an acquired taste. I agree with you about that with Jason. I think the first Elm Street's not... I think it's pretty good. I think it still yeah, holds no, up. No, no, I, I, I yeah. think so, but compared to Michael Myers... And oh, no. no. And what Halloween has done yeah. with, the like, the resurrection of... Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. And, and so if they do do this, you got some competition. <laughs> because they've already done it. Yeah. And they did an amazing job. And they've already got two more movies coming. We don't know when, but they're coming. <laughs> And yeah, that's hard to think about because Halloween should be coming out in a couple of months. But <laughs> yeah, but you know that's that's not a hero there. There's more important things. It's great that there's two movies still on the line for Halloween. Yeah, and I agree with you. I'd love to see Freddie and Jason, Kevin Bacon. That's interesting. Who'd you want for the other the other man? Jason. Yeah, I don't really think it matters. You don't think so get, at all? Get a big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, Caleb and Josh. I know you love Kane Hodder. I don't really give a shit. Okay, that's good, that's good. Now, now, is there is there a big man that would be like a shout-out to horror, do you think? you think there's someone that could be like, oh, this is like paying homage? Just bring Kane Hodder back. That would be cool. Yeah, he's That'd like cool. the definitive Jason how, how to a lot old, of people. How old is he now? I don't know. Yeah. I don't follow the career of Kane Hodder. Well, neither do I, I. I wouldn't know that off the top of my neither head. Neither do I. Where's Josh and Caleb? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I could see it. Until the lawsuit gets settled with New Line and Sean Cunningham, we ain't getting any new Jason. Yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. Elm Street still got a chance. I think, you know, a direct sequel to the first one where, like, Freddy escapes hell to go after Nancy's kids or something like that. I could see that. Yeah. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Freddy. Ah, that'd be, that'd be pretty interesting. I'm in. Yeah, I'd go see it. He definitely could play a great bad guy. We've seen it a couple times. Yeah, he, he can. And he, he has this, one of his, like, uh, best, you know, abilities is uh, this, like, switch that he has to go from, like, zero to 100. He's really good at freaking out and <laughs> whether it be like as a dad or like an evil villain, he can do, I think he can like, ah, you know, just kind of, it's believable, but I also love him in um, like Mystic River. Oh, he's so good in that. Oof, you know, just like he, yeah, he's an awesome actor. I, I would love to see him do something like a staple in horror like that. That'd be really cool. That would be sweet. Well, you know, you heard it here first. <laughs> Character actor Ted Levine plays our hero burned-out cop John Hunton. Levine had his big break in 91 when he played the terrifying serial killer Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs. He's also appeared in such films as 
uh, past podcast topic, Shutter Island. Heat, Wild Wild West, and he had a leading role in the USA Network cop procedural comedy, Monk. He's one of my favorite actors, and he's a big part of why I like this movie. Yeah, you you, you definitely um, don't have his... Like, it, it didn't stump you, his voice and all that stuff didn't stump you like it stumped me. No, I... I I actively seek out movies so I can hear that stumped yeah. voice. <laughs> I love that. I was watching it with Brianna and she was like, why is he talking like that? Fair enough. It's Ted Levine. Fair enough. It's Ted Levine, yeah. It's Ted Levine. Yeah. Dude never left Buffalo Bill. He, yeah, well, she's like, that's that fucker who plays. And I was like, yeah, that's him. That's that fucker. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's uh, great. Ted. <laughs> uh Daniel Matmore plays Mark Jackson, Hunton's brother-in-law. Matmore has had bit parts in various TV shows and has done voice work for video games, but this was unfortunately the most high-profile thing he was involved in. His IMDb doesn't even have a photo. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And he's not bad in this. I, yeah, his, I was like, his, what, I mean... Yeah, his character comes out of fucking nowhere, yeah. but he's not, he's not bad. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I read about half of the story earlier today just to like kind of refresh. Mm-hmm. And I, I was actually surprised where I'm like, holy shit, there actually is a Mark Jackson. <laughs> it's been it's been years. And I'm like, this is actually pretty damn close. <laughs> like about half the movie is pretty damn close to the story. Awesome. <laughs> Jeremy Crutchley plays the mysterious picture man who keeps appearing to give Hunt and cryptic advice like it's a fucking video game. JJJ picture man. God, how much thought do you think went into that that name? Two minutes. <laughs> oh my gosh. We need a I, yeah, name. I was, I was cracking up. We need a name for this man who's constantly taking pictures. Yeah. Picture man. I love it. Go with it. JJJ. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Crutchley has had recurring roles on several big TV shows such as Black Sails, Salem, and Infinity Train. Some cartoon. Finally. <laughs> Some cartoon. Finally, Vanessa Pike plays victim-turned-ringleader Sherry Ouellette. Just like Daniel Matmore, she's had bit parts over the years, but this was her big thing. The Mangler has an IMDb score of 4.3. Rotten Tomatoes score of 27%. Grossed only $1.8 million, bombing both here and overseas. It's considered one of the worst adaptations of King's work ever put to film. Let's dig into it. <laughs> Sign us up. <laughs> So, welcome to Gartley's Blue Ribbon Laundry Service, a uh, laundry press owned by Bill Gartley. The trouble in this film begins when Sherry, Gartley's niece he's very overprotective of, accidentally cuts herself on the machine, and her blood gets into the the mangler. It's an industrial sheet folder. They call it the mangler, because if you get stuck in there, you get mangled, (laughs) to put it lightly. Mangled! (laughs) Ah, fucking garage door. Garage guy. door. Good to be back. <laughs> Good to be back, indeed. Ugh, Best man. job I ever had. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> what is this town called again? Uh, Rikers Valley, I think it's called. It sounds right. I'm, I'm looking here. I know it's not Rikers Island. That's a prison. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um... Yeah. I mean, with the, with the laziness of Picture Man, I mean, you, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they called it Rikers Island. <laughs> Regardless, generic main town number five <laughs> has, uh, this is a big property in this town. A lot of people work at this laundry. This guy, Gartley, is one of the heavy hitters of this town. He runs a lot of, to put it in, Lebo- in uh, Lebowski terms, he draws a lot of water in this town. <laughs> yes. And... Um, Sherry cuts her hand, it gets in the, the blood gets in the mangler, and uh, she almost gets crushed by this old icebox these movers are carrying out. Sparks emit from the icebox hitting the mangler, and uh, Mrs. Frawley, an elderly worker, is opening a bottle of antacids. She's, you know, feeling some heartburn. Some of her pills spill on the tread, and instead of just saying, I'll let that go, it's four pills. Is it really worth my life? She reaches in, and the thing grabs her and pulls her in. And it's yes. it's vicious. Yeah, it really is. Like, the grinding. Oh, boy. Jeez. And everyone's, like, grabbing her, trying to pull her out, and they're just getting sprayed with gore. Shit. Pretty, pretty awesome intro- introduction, huh? Yeah. And what does Gartley do? 
just like, oh, just walk away, clean it up. Yeah. We got orders to fill. Ugh. Yeah. And she gets crushed and folded like a sheet because that's what this machine does. Yeah. Ugh. Officer Hunton is called to this. Uh, it's unclear exactly what his position in the force is. He's dressed like a detective. He's got the title of officer. I don't think he's working homicide. I don't know who, like, he's just cop. <laughs> There's no effort put into him, really. No, and, it, and you, uh, the outfit that he has is something I want to talk about. That, I love that. I thought it was great because it was almost like he was a, uh, like, cop for, or like a detective for hire. Like, he did kind of have a private eye thing. Going yeah, on. yeah, where he's like, just a guy who's like obsessed with like, you know, you know, detective novels or something. And he's like, I just want to do this shit for, for a living, you know? And it's funny because I got the vibe of like, I would love, I would rather be doing anything else was the vibe I got from him. Like, I don't want to be a cop, but it pays the bills. <laughs> I don't know. And I look kind of cool doing it. <laughs> when he drives out to uh, take the call, he almost gets hit by those movers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, get the fuck out of the road. Like, and they're like, hey, asshole, what do you talk, like, what do you just say? He's like, it's officer, asshole, step out of the car. Uh, his exchange with those movers is, is hilarious. Yeah, and there there is stuff in the movie that I think on a second watch that I think I would laugh even more. Uh, later on in the film, there's a moment where he's, uh, Ted Levine's character is going back to get something and he like trips and he's like, oh, ow, you know, and it's like, I, it's almost like Ted Levine tripped. Yeah. <laughs> and just did that. And Toby Hooper was like, let's just, let's just go with that. And there's a few times that that happens. And, and those are, those are nice moments. <laughs> For sure. So Hunton goes to the laundry and starts talking to uh, Stanner, the uh, foreman. He says like, what happened here? And Stanner's like, do I, do I have to, do I have to talk about it? He's like, yeah, you do have to talk about it. I'm a cop. I love it. in the story. He's like, "Yes, I'm sorry to walk you through this again, but I I need to know what happened." In the movie, he's like, "You better fucking start talking." <laughs> There's this level of anger that Ted Levine brings to the role that is just fucking awesome. And eventually, the guy's like, "Look, just you're gonna have to go over there and see that I can't go back. I can't look at that again." And Hutton's like, "Fucking pussy!" And he just walks <laughs> over, <laughs> and looks at it, and he's like, "Oh god!" And he throws up, <laughs> and uh, he leaves goes and sits in his car and uh somebody comes up to him um i think adele is her name yeah 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 oh <laughs> and um, which is funny yeah, yeah now yeah. no i mean i just pulled that out of nowhere right on yeah so well, she goes we, to t- we both watched it recently yeah. Yeah. she goes to talk to hunton and tells her about mrs frawley and how she was really nice and how everyone's really broken up about this and uh says you know these were these were hers bottle of antacids and hunton takes him he's like She's like, you can have those for evidence. And he's like, much obliged. He pockets them and just eats them the whole damn movie. And nobody has as much heartburn as this man. No, no. <laughs> and uh, he fill, she fills her, uh, him in on like how things work here a bit and how Gartley's kind of you know commanding and how his niece is working here and he's overprotective. And there's this one girl, um, was it Sue? Lynn Sue. Lynn Sue, who's like his favorite and she doesn't have to do much because he's like he's sleeping with her. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, weird and indeed. We cut immediately to that, like from that to hunting, sitting down with some guy. Now, if you've read the story, you know it's his brother-in-law. If you haven't, you're like, who is this? What kind of cut was that? Yeah, they're just eating a steak. There's no introduction to this guy at all. Just transition. Yeah, and he starts talking about you know, well, you know, magic is real. <laughs> and Hunton's like, the fuck it is. And that's pretty much the extent of their conversation for most of the movie, because this guy's Mark Jackson, uh, Hunton's brother-in-law. Uh, Hunton's wife died in a car accident, and Hunton was driving the car. That's why he's all burned out and fucked up, and yeah. why they're pretty close. And talks like weird. <laughs> it always talks like he's about to sneeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's, like he's anticipating something. Like something's about to happen, and I don't know what. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, it's 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 honestly amazing. It's his style. It's an art. It is. <laughs> uh, Mark immediately jumps to, well, hey, maybe the machine's haunted. You know, and Hunton's like, yeah, okay, probably. <laughs> yeah, let me. I'll look right into that. <laughs> and Mark's like, no, really, think about it. And he's like, I did think about it, and it's horseshit. And he breaks out a book. He's like, no, no, look, all the, like all this magical stuff. It's in here. And 
fun just shuts the book. He's like, look, this is bullshit. This is reality. I love that bit. <laughs> Get with it, kid. Oh. Get with it, kid. So oh. uh, the plot progresses, and uh, that girl, Adele, is sprayed with 300-degree industrial uh, steam, and along with a couple other girls, she ends up in the hospital. More shit goes on with the mangler, another mistake. And especially after the uh, the inquest was had where it was revealed that the machine was fine, and Hunton didn't believe that for a second. He thinks they're cutting corners and they're paying off people. He's looking at it from an industrial espionage point of view where yeah. Mark's immediately like, that thing's a demon, which he's right, but that's a weird place to go to first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what do you know that we don't? That's <laughs> oh, a demon. What the fuck? <laughs> One time, real quick, real quick story. Yeah. Talking about stuff that's like, yeah, if it's out of context, when you're, you're just, you know, like, what the hell? There was one time I was at a, at a concert at Red Rocks in Colorado, and there was a drunk-ass fan in front of us. Uh, it was a Father John Misty show, and TV on the radio was opening. Oh, right on. And so when TV on the radio was playing, this guy's wasted. It, Father John hasn't even come on the stage yet. So we haven't got to the headliner, and this guy's gone. And me and my buddies are watching him like, oh, my God, look at this guy. And he starts screaming, um, I, I, this is a song name for TV on the radio, is Let the Devil In. He starts screaming. Let the devil in! Let the devil in! You know, like, and people were like, whoa, like, what's, what's wrong with this guy? And the singer for TV on the radio heard him, and he goes, hey, bro, out of context, you sound crazy. <laughs> oh, that's and, awesome. And he said, it's not in our set list. <laughs> and they kept playing, and that guy ended up getting, you know, escorted off, because he was, yeah, he, like, couldn't sit in his seat. Oh, my God. But I always point out, like, when you, yeah, you take, like, dark things out of context. <laughs> yeah, you sound like a madman. <laughs> I am writing that song title down because I want to check it out when we're done here. I love TV on the radio. Me yeah. too. Yeah. It's a good song. But, yeah, I was like, dude, stop. <laughs> Even if that's your favorite song of all time, you just don't start screaming that. That's fucking awesome. In the middle of these people who, who might not be here for TV on the radio. They're probably here for Father John, so... They might not even know what that song is, and so you sound, you literally sound crazy. <laughs> Amazing. It was a great time. That's awesome. That is an awesome story. <laughs> My God. So Mark inquires, like, after they learned that Sherry cutting her hand on the, um, on the machine instigated this whole thing, Mark inquires, maybe she's a virgin, and Hunton's like, well, let's go ask her. Yeah, excuse me, miss. I'm, I'm a police officer investigating... This possible haunted machine, and we need to know if you're a virgin. <laughs> I, I love, I love thinking about you got you got three guys who are accredited for the screenplay. I love thinking about them three. Like, all right, how should we transition this part? <laughs> it took three of them to figure that out. Like, oh my god, dude the 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 film editor is at fault here. Yeah, well, yeah, really, because yeah, you you some of the transitions are like you pointed out earlier. If you didn't know the story, you're like, what? It's fucking jarring. Yeah. Dude, last night when I was watching it and Mark just showed up and they're talking and they're in like some like gypsy camp looking place. Who's this guy? Yeah. I literally went like, who the fuck is this guy? Like audibly to myself because <laughs> I was I was so floored. Like what happened? Uh, I was being asked. I was being asked questions by Verona that I could not answer. So I was like, <laughs> where, where are we now? I, I don't know. Oh my God. So uh, Stanner ends up in the machine after he confronts Gartley about wanting to shut the place down. Stanner gets his arm caught in the machine and uh, the uh, maintenance guy tries to cut it off with an axe, but he's like, I can't do it. And Stanner's like, ah! I, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> uh, but, um, <laughs> Stanner's like, ah! Stanner does end up getting crushed to death by the machine. Yeah. He bleeds out. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Except the industrial laundry machine. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> um, I'm going to jump around here because, honestly, these plot synopsis we're using is pretty vague, so I'm just going to kind is. of leap around. It is vague, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hunton eventually decides, let's go check this place out. So he goes there, and he ends up caught in the machine, and it, like, barely tries to eat him. It's, like, huh. Yeah, he's like, oh, God, oh, God, oh. kind of rolling around on it, and it's not even open. Like, yeah, yeah. It was pretty ridiculous. But, it's uh, like whoever, whoever on the crew, whoever's running that machine is like, 
you know, I guess on lunch or something. <laughs> uh, but prior to that, we had the scene with the icebox where that icebox that was almost uh, almost crushed Sherry and then almost crushed Hunting ends up in this front yard to these people who didn't deliver it. We never really find out what the fuck was going on with that. Uh, their kid disappeared and they find him dead in the icebox. And uh, Hunton goes to investigate this, finds a bunch of dead birds in the icebox. Clearly this thing has been touched by evil just like the machine at yeah. the laundry. And that's what Mark says. And Hunton's like, no, it's just a fucking icebox and I'm going to kill it with this crowbar. And, uh, or this hammer. He beats it with a hammer. He knocks the top off it and a fucking blue ghost wave shoots out of the top of the icebox. Yeah. And Hunton's just like, the fuck was that? And Picture Man's like, ha, ah, it's a mystery. You know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta solve it, Hunton. <laughs> and then walks away. Do you believe now? <laughs> Who is this guy? This is the scene I'm talking about when he goes to get the hammer. He's like, ow! <laughs> like, Ted Levine just did that shit. You know, that was not in the script. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And after that bit, it still takes a while for Hunton to come to terms with the fact that this is a demon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he witnesses. Yeah, that didn't convince him right away. No. He witnesses liquid evil just fly out of the top of an icebox, and he's like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My God. Not for me. So when Hunton goes to Gartley to confront him about this evil, he finds out Gartley has been uh, sacrificed. Gartley and the town elders of Rikers Valley have been sacrificing their virginal daughters on their 16th birthdays to this machine in exchange for wealth and power because there's a demon in this machine that was put there at some point. I mean, so this isn't new. This wasn't accidentally brought on by Sherry Mm -hmm. and the Belladonna. What? Pick a lane. You gotta, it can't be happening for decades and brand new. (laughs) You can't have it both ways. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, not very clear. Not very clear at all. So Hunton is feeling a little defeated, but still wants to stop this. And uh, he goes to talk to Picture Man, who is like wants to develop these pictures. He goes to the morgue to see the body of the... Uh, I love that part, when he goes to the morgue to see the body of Mrs. Frawley. Yeah. And it went from a like two-pound pile of guts to somehow being a fully stitched-together body. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> And he's like, you'll be proud. Like, I had so little to work with. Like, yeah, you had nothing to work with. You had blood and, like, a small intestine. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Brilliant. And uh, it's through through Picture Man that... Of course. Hunton finds out about the the, uh, sacrifices. And him and Mark realize, well, we can't sell this to a priest. We got to exercise this ourselves. Yes. And there's that brief bit where Hunton calls his boss and is like, now, how much is Gartley paying you? And he's like, well, now, well, you're, ter- well, you're suspended. Oh, yeah? Fuck you. Well, you're terminated now. Like, it was very uh, over, the, like, over the phone, complete career ruination. That was pretty quickly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I didn't buy I'm it. I'm dealing with ghosts and evil, you know, liquids. <laughs> evil liquids. <laughs> uh, you're <like>. fired. <laughs> they go to talk to Sherry at some point. I know this is not coherent anymore. This whole plot synopsis is fucked up, so I'm just kind of throwing out my favorite scenes Yeah, we're, now. U- we're using, because um, the IMDb one is actually worse. <laughs> it's like whoever wrote it just like fell asleep. It's the, fir- it's the first scene in like very good detail, and then they just stopped. <laughs> They're like, this movie's not worth me giving every... And then the Wikipedia one, yeah, is just not very coherent. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah, so fuck it. <laughs> the Mangler, baby. Yeah. This was nobody's, like, nobody was, you know... Any of our listeners, I, I guarantee you nobody was like, when are they going to do the Mangler? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately it's, unfortunately, it's not on a streaming service. Oh, so. no, we paid for this one. So, yeah, you know, yeah, it's two ninety nine wherever you look. I would still pay for this over The Exorcist 2. Me too. I still think that or Swamp Thing are the worst movies we've done I, so far. Well, Swamp Thing was on YouTube, thank God. Yes. Because, yeah, that was a travesty. (laughs) This is not that bad. And this time, we don't even have Adrian Barbeau's tits to look forward to. So, like, what do I get out of this, really? You get, um... (laughs) I get Ted Levine and his cool voice. Yeah, and and some some pretty spectacular gore, yeah. That's true. It's very true. They go to Sherry's house and ask her, like, straight up, like, are you a virgin? And she's like, how dare you? Get out of my house! In the book, she's literally just like, yeah. (laughs) It's that's that me. simple in the story. That's me. 
in the movie, she's like, oh my God. Like, she's so horrified. How <laughs> dare you? Oh, God. So, eventually, Sherry realizes what's going on here and, like, realizes Gartley's going to kill her. Yeah. So, she go Hunton and Mark go to her for, uh, get her help on this exorcism they're going to try to do. They go to the, uh, the laundry and the, the, they try to, they start trying to exercise the demon and, uh, Hunton starts fighting Gartley, this like 70 year old man in, uh, in crutches and <laughs> leg braces. And lo and behold, he ends up in the laundry and the machine folds him. And it's, it's pretty ridiculous. He's just like, ah, and then dies. But the machine, ah, it's awesome. Mark is, uh, Doing the exorcism, the rites of exorcism, <laughs> Hunton starts yelling the Lord's Prayer, and somehow it looks like it works. The machine crumples out, and they celebrate by taking some antacids. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, Mark's that. like, what's in these? And he's like, I don't know. I took them off the old lady. He looks at it. He's like, Belladonna? Oh, God. Because if Belladonna's in it, that means this demon is 300 times more powerful than they thought. Yeah. So it comes to life on cue, and <laughs> rips itself out of the ground and starts chasing them. Yeah, it, it is. It is spectacular. It's bonkers, man. Oh my god! Never watch this film stoned. It's gonna fuck you up. You will not believe what you're seeing. You will never do your laundry again. <laughs> and they're running through the re- the warehouse, being chased by the mangler. And they this place is fucking huge. It's uh-huh. like a it's like a Lovecraftian tunnel. Yeah. And uh, Mark gets ripped in half, regrettably. And uh, Hunton and Sherry go down the stairs. Sherry decides, it's me at once, and jumps at the mangler. And Hunton's like, stop it! Get back here! Stop it! It's me at once. <laughs> and she shoves her hand in this thing, and he pulls her out, and they just keep running. <laughs> Come on! Uh, and uh, suddenly, as they're hiding in a tunnel, uh, something falls out of the machine into the water. The, the machine roars, and then it draws back. And I guess dies. <laughs> yeah. John and Sherry, John Hutton, sorry. They escape. And uh, waiting to hear news of what happened with Sherry, Hutton receives a letter from his friend and confidant, JJJ Picture Man, who recently died of. Sounds like a fucking South Park character. I know, right? God. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a legit character in JJJ fucking JJJ Picture Man. Yeah, like, what is this? <laughs> Oh, my God. And he warns him, do not trust anyone in town who's missing a body part because they are possessed by the mangler. Yeah. Because if you give up your, like, ring finger to this thing, it gives you wealth and power. And, um, okay. Time passes. Hunton drops in on her with flowers. She's 16, by the way. Keep that in mind. And, um, he finds out that the machine is back on the laundry and Sherry's now running the joint. And she's missing a finger. And she's screaming at the new foreman, like, you know, I don't pay you to, like, lounge around. Get the fucking work. And she shows Hunton the finger, and he's like, well, fuck, and walks out, throws the flowers away, and that's end credits. Hunton's just like, (laughs) fuck this town, not my problem anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm skipping, yeah, I'm a drifter, I'm out of here. Yeah, nope. (laughs) Jesus. And that's the mangler. Uh, Damn. It sounds horrible, but don't let that fool you. It really is horrible, but it's well, entertaining. <laughs> we obviously laughed a lot, and, yeah. and you will too if you check it out. I guarantee you I will at some point watch this film again. I, I would watch this again. I think I will too at some point. Swamp Thing is a one-and-done one deal. Oh, yeah, I don't... But this, this has some stuff I'd watch again. I wouldn't even watch The Exorcist 2 again. That was rough. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. But yeah, this... The, this, uh, I have a couple friends I would like to show it to. Yeah. That that do definitely get stoned every day and will trip out over this movie. This is the kind of movie that is like a, you know, let's get some let's get some beers, let's order a pizza and watch some shitty horror movies. Like the and, manglers and, and on that And it's okay if you talk a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah you, you riff it yourself. That's that kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, there's a time and place for these. It's an hour and like 45. It's not too bad, not too long. No. Could be a little tighter, but that's all right. I, I I do think there's a place for it. You're right. Yeah, I think a director's cut would probably be better. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. I don't know. I got two film guys and facts for you. The trivia on this was sparse. Number one, 
There's a gate in the background in one of the first scenes after Sherry initially hurts herself on the clamp. The banner on the gate reads, Labor will set you free, which is what the gate above Auschwitz read. So that's great. Yeah. And number two... So that's great. Yeah. Jesus, man. Number number two. That's on IMDb? That's just one of the... That's the first one, yeah. Jesus. (laughs) Number two, Jim Cummings, the voice of iconic characters such as Winnie the Pooh, Tigger... Darkwing Duck, and uh, a bunch of other characters I've never heard of. Dr. Robotnik, I know who that is. <laughs> and <laughs> he provided the vocal effects for the, the Mangler when the thing is chasing him. Oh, there you go. And he was very excited to work with Toby Hooper, who he was a fan of, but he felt that the strain put on his throat when making the Mangler noises and the quality of the film itself was not worth the effort. So Jim Cummings like, why did I do that shit movie? He once saw the film on television and was... <laughs> and was amused to see that his name was misspelled as Tim Cummings. Oh, no. In the end credits, which meant he got paid to do a bad film, and no one would ever know that he was involved. (laughs) That's good. That's good. Oh, God. Never changed, Tim Cummings. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, that's fantastic. There were, amazingly, two direct-to-video sequels made of this. 2002's The Mangler 2 and 2005's The Mangler Reborn. Jeez. Not much to say about either one here, but they are in the book. Lance Henriksen is in part two. There you go. And uh, I'm, I'm sure they suck something awful. Yeah. But probably. we will get there. One day. The book will we'll give them to There's us one day. over 2,100 options now, so who knows. I personally give The Mangler a seven. There's, there's something, something about it. It's, is it a good movie? No. No, it's not. I'm not delusional. But it isn't boring. I'd watch it again. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> is it a good movie? No, uh, yeah, you clearly, if you've uh, stuck with us listening, thank you, and it's, it is worth going down if you're a horror fan, I think, I think, or a Stephen King fan, which means you're probably a horror fan. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, like, recommend it to just everybody, right? No, no. Um, it's certainly, it's, it's an apart taste. I, yeah, I'd give it a six. I think there's some, some writing lacking there, but there are certainly moments for horror fans that are, that are worthwhile. For sure. I mean, obviously, if you're a King fan and you're watching, you know, Stephen King's movies, there's a bit of a completionist streak involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely me. I don't count Mangler 2 and 3 in there because those weren't based on shit. Just like I don't count, you know, Children of the Corn, you know, 2 through (laughs) 9. Like, what the fuck? But, uh, yeah, I think if you're a King fan, you'll find something about this movie. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, in place of the spotlight, we're going to try out a new segment. Okay, yeah. This is an idea Austin came up with called a movie draft, and I'll let him take the reins here. Yeah, um, so I want to give credit to, there's there's a few podcasts who have done something similar to this. Not quite what we're doing here. The one most famous or popular would probably be the Big Picture podcast. Did it not too long ago, but they what they did is they took 2010 and they did a movie draft uh, with, with three people on their podcast. Uh, if you want to go listen to that, I, I suggest if you're a big movie fan. But what we're going to do here is quite a bit different, but it is going to be a 2019 movie draft. Um, Connor and I saw a lot of movies in 2019 last year. Uh, I think it's actually 53 to be exact. So what we've done here is separate them into genres, into categories, if you will. And him and I are going to go back and forth and draft them. Meaning if I take one, it's off the board. Connor cannot have it. So what I'm going to do first is read off all of the films we have. These are all films that both of us saw, both of us have seen. Uh, is there anything before we get started that you want to shout out from 2019 that I have not seen? Um, if you can't, if you need some time, yeah. I, can, I can throw one out there. Yeah, throw one out there, man. Uh, my personal favorite movie of the whole year is Waves, and I know you're going to get around to that soon. It's on Showtime right now. Yes. I adore that movie. I definitely would pick it if you had seen it. Uh, that one's very special. And Climax, uh, a horror film from A24 that I find yeah. to be quite an experience and I know you'd like as well. Those are definitely ones that I think if they were here, I would try to go after them. What about you? The ones that you told me you hadn't seen, most of them are shit anyway. Um, I'm going to throw out Terminator Dark Fate. Yes, I, I need to get to that. I need to. I, I thought to. that was way better than I expected and the circumstances in which I got to see it were fucking awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely Terminator. Always a fan of Terminator. And... Uh, that's all I have to say about that. That's that's <laughs> probably good news because that means we both saw a shit ton. So <laughs> I'm going to go through the categories here. Uh, Connor and I have the exact same ballot, if you will. Uh, so action, 
We have two films. Uh, it's going to be Triple Frontier and John Wick Chapter 3. So one of us will get Triple Frontier, one of us will get John Wick 3. <laughs> uh, superhero films. We feel as though this this is sort of its own genre at this point yeah. uh, because of what Marvel has done. Yeah. Uh, that's enough said there. Shazam, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man Far From Home, and Avengers Endgame. So there's four choices there. Two of those will be left out and undrafted. Sci-fi and fantasy. We have an interesting group here because some of these are hard to put into a category. You'll understand after you hear them. Dumbo, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Color Out of Space, Star Wars, and Ad Astra. Very interesting group. Uh, that's going to be a tough one for both of us to choose from. We got comedy. Knives Out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Dolomite is My Name, The Farewell, Jalen Silent Bob Reboot, Fighting with My Family, Zombieland Double Tap, Little Monsters, Jojo Rabbit, and Toy Story 4. Now, Toy Story 4 is the only animated movie that we both saw in 2019. Yeah. So we felt like we should just throw it into the comedy because that's the closest genre, right, to it. Fair enough, yeah. All right. Now, we have horror. Obviously, a big one here at Filmgasm. This one is the heaviest, along with drama. Hmm. Velvet Buzzsaw, Pet Cemetery, The Curse of La Llorona, In the Tall Grass, Annabelle Comes Home, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Us, Crawl, The Lodge, The Lighthouse, Ready or Not, It Chapter 2, Midsommar, and Doctor Sleep. Damn. Oof. Just makes me think of all the money I spent. <laughs> $10, $11, $8. $10. $10. $10. Here is the drama section. The Two Popes, Rocket Man, Bombshell, Judy, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. Richard Jewell, El Camino, A Breaking Bad Movie, Motherless Brooklyn, Marriage Story, Yesterday, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, The Irishman, Little Women, Uncut Gems, 1917, Ford vs. Ferrari, Parasite, and Joker. So, Connor and I saw both of those, have seen all those movies. Um, they're all 2019 releases here in the United States. And so what we're going to do here is choose one from each category, except for horror. We're going to choose two because this is filmgasm and we love horror. And it doesn't get enough respect. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And then we're also going to have a wild card section to make an even eight movies for each of us. Uh, I think it'll be easier as we start drafting for people to catch on. So I'm going to start and you'll go second, just like we do in our decade countdowns. Okay. So my first pick, uh, I'm going to play the game here. I'm going to take John Wick Chapter 3. Oh, what a shocker. <laughs> Meaning you uh, will be stuck with Triple Frontier. It's You know what? It's not a bad movie, Triple Frontier. I'm it's okay not. with that. It's not. John Wick is just so fucking awesome. It's way better, yes. But so, <laughs> so that's how it works. Action is already done because we've only seen, you know, there's only two of those that we both saw. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, John Wick's mine. Triple Frontier's yours. So now it's your pick. Okay. Um, and, uh, do I have to go to superhero or can I go whenever, wherever I want? Whatever you want. You could do your wild card right now if you want. You can do, do my wild card. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want, my friend. Okay. I'm going to go to comedy and I'm going to take Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> Great pick. Obviously, we uh, both love these. And, and, and if you're listening and you're like, what's the point of this? Well, first off, it's for fun. We, yeah. want, you, we want you to uh, participate with us. But Connor and I are adults here, and I think we are going to agree at the end who has the better group of movies. As you can see, I'm very upset that you took that one. Uh, I love that film. Well, since those other films aren't going to be touched, I'm going to leave comedy alone. Uh, and, I, uh, man, this is tough. I'm going to go to horror, and I'm going to take The Lighthouse. Okay. So The Lighthouse and John Wick Chapter 3 are mine. Nice. Very and nice. you have Triple Frontier and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, I do. Your pick, my friend. Okay. I'm going to take Avengers Endgame. We knew that was coming, folks. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies of all time now. Yes. If I didn't end up with that, I would, I would fucking walk away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right, I'm going to move into drama for this pick. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, snag Parasite. Ah, you fucker. Okay. <laughs> this is the fun, folks. This is the fun. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Uh, okay. I'm going to take Crawl. Oh, wow. You stole my second, <laughs> my second horror. 
That movie oh, fucking no. rocked. It really does. It really does. Crawl, is it on anything right now? No. I don't know, but it's one of my favorite monster movies of the past ten years. I fucking love Crawl. <laughs> Some great gator kills. Definitely check that one out if you can. Good pick, man. <laughs> I All like right. this. Alright. This is tricky. I've got my drama. I've got one whore. I can wait on my comedy. And my superhero, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take it. I'll, I'll do Spider-Man Far From Home. So that means Shazam and Captain Marvel. Sorry, you don't get picked. Well, yeah. <laughs> we knew that was happening. We knew that was happening. Quality over quantity. Clearly, Connor has won the superhero category. But, Sp- <laughs> but Spider-Man's not a bad second. No, it's a great silver medal. Just like John Wick Chapter 3 to Triple Frontier. There's, yeah. there's a gap there, but it's not crazy. And I'm going to snag Godzilla. I knew it. I knew that was going to be your sci-fi. I really, really liked Godzilla. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Uh, okay. I'll go in that group in a movie. Um, this one's hard because the sci-fi group, um, Star Wars, I know you were let down by. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan anyway. And I thought it was just not a very good movie. Dumbo was okay. Ad Astra, we saw it together. We both felt kind of confused about it. So I'm going to go color out of space. Go with a weird one here. I'm surprised you didn't put that in horror. I wanted to put it so we'd have more. I wanted to keep spreading it out. I was using your uh, genre, so if you had like a couple different ones, sometimes okay. I would spread them out. Fair enough. I had a hard time with that one for sure. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I'm going to take... Do I have a... I have not done a drama yet. No, you have not. I'm going to take Rocket Man. Wow. I didn't think... Okay, I like it. I love that that movie. I've seen it like four or five times now, and it yeah. just gets better. Yeah, I need I need to rewatch it. I need to. I I thought you'd pick it, but I didn't think it'd be this early. I thought it'd be your wild card or something. That's a, that's a strong pick. <laughs> All right, so you have one whore, and I have one whore. Ah, uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and do it and take it chapter two. Okay, it two. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. There's some movies in here I feel like I don't think I gave them as fair of a shake as I could have. And I'm wondering if I should pick one of them. Hmm. Not fuck it. Give me The Lodge. I like it. I like it. So that's your second horror. I gave that a seven, but the ending really fucked me up. So I think I might go back into that one at some point. Yeah, that movie um, I yeah deserves a reevaluation. It's... It's got a really cool atmosphere to it. Yeah, for sure. Good pick. <laughs> so our horror is done. You've got Crawl in the Lodge. I got The Lighthouse and It Chapter 2. Yeah. Solid grunts. Solid group there. I, I did think one of us would get Scary Stories. Yeah, I was going to go with Scary Stories or um, Ready or Not. Yeah, Ready or Not is solid. Yeah, but really solid. The Lodge, I don't know. Something spoke to me. Yeah. I think some some people might be like, well, what about us? Uh, we both didn't feel as strongly yeah. about that one as these others. No, I didn't like us. In fact, most of those movies I didn't like. 2019 was a pretty shitty year for horror. For horror, it wasn't the best. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, um, let's go to comedy, because you have Once Upon a Time. Yes. Uh, I'm going to th- go with what I think is probably the second best movie of this group, and go with Jojo Rabbit. Uh-huh, okay. Very nice. So now all, now all we got left is the wild card, right? Well, yeah, both of us have left our wild card for the last pick. Or right, is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Whew. And wild card can be anything. Yeah, man. What do I want? Is my final movie. There. <clears throat> oh, shit. Well, I'll go so you can finish it off. Okay, sure. I don't, I don't think you're going to take this one anyway. I, I, my wild card is going to be a wild card through and through. It's going to be uncut gems. Oh, ho, ho. very nice. Very nice. What about you, my man? I think I'm going to take 1917. I figured. Yeah, I figured. That what a strong wild card. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I like it. Okay. So you have, you, you, uh, you have your eight. Let's, let's hear them. Triple Frontier, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Avengers Endgame, Crawl, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Rocket Man, The Lodge, 1917. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. All right, so mine would be John Wick Chapter 3, Spider-Man Far From Home, Color Out of Space, Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse, It Chapter 2, uh, Parasite, and Uncut Gems. 
This is tough. This is tough. Where do, where do you think you have me the best on your list? I've got you beat with Once Upon a Time and yeah. Endgame. But like, I think like, like for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you you've got big points with Parasite. Parasite like nineteen seventeen is 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 yeah is a tough battle. <laughs> oh man, let's go back to the horror, the horror conversation. Okay, who do you think has the better two horror movies? If you're if you're to do a double feature of my two movies, or your two movies, what, what do you think is a? I think you pitch some cerebral stuff. I and uh, like the, you have the lighthouse, which is very much. I, I would say it's an acquired taste. I think you yeah. have to be ready for something like that. For sure. Crawl, you could jump in right now at any moment and be like, that's entertaining. That's a good point. It Chapter 2 is almost three hours long. Yeah, it's a feast. It's a feast. It's a feast. And, but at the same time, The Lodge is a tough movie to define and kind of explain. I think a double feature of The Lodge and then regroup with Crawl. Yeah, like, whereas mine yeah. is like, no, 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 I don't want a five-hour <laughs> It Chapter 2. I think you're right. I think yours yeah. grouped together a little bit better. I think maybe a better grouping with mine might have been to go with, like, uh, something a little lighter, like Scary Stories, which is a little bit shorter. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I think you do have me slightly beat in that horror category as well. Uh, so, okay, so 1917 or Parasite. At this point, do you like one better than the other? Shit. Ah! That's a tough. I definitely, yeah. I'm definitely partial to Parasite. I think I always have been. Yeah, but they're both so damn good. They are both fantastic movies. I think Parasite is better with a rewatch because 1917 is such a grand scope of a movie. Yeah, that I think it loses a little bit of that on the small screen. Fair enough. Parasite just gets better with every watch because you notice certain things about how these people re- like act. Yeah. So I think you, I think you have me beat on Parasite. And then, uh, you know, then we also have Uncut Gems and, and Rocket Man. <laughs> it's tough to put those two films against each other. They're not really comparable, right? Yeah. So I think what we have here, I think you slightly beat me because, and I am willing to admit that because of the Avengers and the Once Upon a Time and the slight horror, slight horror gap. But yeah. I think we're pretty close. I think with horror, you went artsy and I went more, what do I want to watch? right now <laughs> that's yeah that's yeah i totally see that and then jojo rabbit i simply chose because i think it's the second best movie within that comedy group yeah um i really like the farewell i love toy story 4 i really really like little monsters i was yeah, i was toying no with kidding. that one and knives out yeah but um, once upon a time is way better <laughs> is gonna live forever that movie was yeah. gold so when you got that yeah that was huge and then of course taking avengers over spider-man is just an easy win so i think you have slightly the better 2019 uh, group of movies here but uh, I think it's close, man. This was a lot of fun. This was neat. I like this. We should keep doing this. Yeah, so I think what we came to a conclusion on was maybe, uh, say we do a uh, very hypothetical, say we do um, Hereditary 2018. We've already done that on this podcast, but it's just an example. Then we would do a 2018 draft at the end of the show, right? Yeah. Just like we did here. Uh, instead, it was a 1995 film. This is more for to see if it would work. Yeah. Right? I think we had some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think both groups are awesome and it's going to be interesting to see as we go backwards, which years we've both seen a lot of stuff from. For sure. I already started doing that just to see. And I'm surprised at some years where I haven't seen much like in the nineties, even like nine, I tried, I tried 99, mm-hmm. like 25 films, maybe like I'm going to have to do some homework. I think, I think if we have at least because there's only two of us. Yeah. And we're doing eight films each. I think if we have at least 20 to 25, I think it can be done. Yeah. But you're right. We both, like, that's what you find out. Yeah. When you just, when you start diving deeper into film, you realize how much you don't know. Exactly. That was fun. Hell yeah. This is cool. I like this. The Once Upon a Time pick was massive. <laughs> I went John Wick Chapter 3, so I definitely wouldn't have Triple Frontier. Yeah. Because I have a hard time even standing up, like, saying what I love about the movie. Whereas John Wick is the best action movie of 2019. I think that's pretty... Like Universal, right? You know, yeah. Really, uh, John Wick, the trilogy is amazing. So, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. But that, pa- Grabbing Parasite was smart because that movie has a, elements of almost everything there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was my chance. That was my chance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe next time. Good stuff. <laughs> right on. So next week, we're going to a very dark place. Straight to the bowels of hell. 
to discuss a disturbing horror classic from the mind of Clive Barker. What happens when you find yourself solving a demented puzzle box? If you open it, you unleash the horrific Cenobites and their sadistic leader Pinhead, who wants to tear your soul apart S&M style in Barker's 1987 cult classic Hellraiser. Super twisted. I've only seen it once when I was a kid, which doesn't paint my mom in a great light, but more on that next week. (laughs) Until then, if the industrial sheet folder at your factory job is literally devouring people and folding them into piles of human gore, maybe it's time to dust off the old resume and shop around a bit. (laughs) See you next Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.